0: Welcome to Wisdom Personified, conversations with Dudum Somi, a passionate and relentless pursuit of exploring how individuals use good judgment in everyday life, both in their personal and professional lives. I'm so happy you girls finally made the time (laughs) to hang out with me. So I know you don't know each other as individuals, Um, (laughs) the common thread, which is exactly how I want it. So let's just go around the room first and just introduce yourself and also tell me about your childhood. Do you have siblings? You know,
1: what did you do for your pastime as a child? Growing up. um, Okay. so my name is Mate Pomsibi. Hi, lady. Um, I'm a CEO. I'm an entrepreneur. I am an activist for women and the girl child. Very passionate about empowerment, especially economic empowerment of women and the girl child. I grew up in Soshanguve, mm-hmm. in Pretoria, on the north side of Pretoria. I have a twin brother. I always say this. Yes. You know, he feels like... Does he always claim you? No, question. he doesn't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. So he, we've got this thing where we say he's the second born and I'm the third born. <laughs> Just so that, you know, he, he can get his own life. Oh, yeah. Because he's always at my parties. <laughs> um, and then I've got two two brothers. So it's two brothers and two sisters, so five siblings. Wow, yeah. Two parents who were teachers so, you know, middle class when we were growing up, yeah. great, great upbringing, best schools. Um, so, yeah, we. I mean, I, I grew up very well, you know, very loved, um, very whole family um, that goes on holidays, that is very intentional about ensuring that we get educated. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, I hope that's... Gives you a little bit of who like, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you do any reading as a child? <gasps> a lot.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I just need to get that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm, thanks, Dudu. So, um, yeah, wonderful to meet all of you today. Um, so, my name's Sarita Martin. Um, my maiden surname was Naidu, and that's going to become important later on. <laughs> I grew Welcome up, back. Oh, thank you. Um, I grew up in, in Durban. Uh, both my parents worked for the government in the medical field. Um, education was very important. I'd come home with 99% of my father would say, where's the 1%? Um, so they really pushed us. Um, I have one sibling, a sister. Um, we Is are she younger or older? Younger than me. Um, but we, she's, we've sort of followed in each other's foot, uh, footsteps in, in a way. Um, And I I think I grew up in a household and a family where um, there were certain values that were really important. Respect, Mm -hmm. education, um, being humble, um, being resilient. um, And it wasn't a... I mean, my parents made a lot of sacrifices for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to normal government schools. And, but they still sent us to like ballet and piano and, you know, just to sort of expand it. Um, and, um, I'm an, a very avid reader, <laughs> still am, um, and I, I think, you know, when I uh, when I was turning 50 in March, um, i look back on my life i wouldn't be where i am without my parents and my mm-hmm. family and what we used to do was you know all the cousins got together and the cousins of the cousins were there and everybody in the in the area you know we used to play outside until it was dark it was very yeah. different life to to currently, what my, my son's experiencing. <laughs> um, and, you know, there was no tech. <laughs> we didn't even have television until about 1976 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, um, you know, just playing outside. And I used to, because I'm the eldest um, cousin as well, I used to get into a lot of trouble. So, any, but if any of my younger cousins or my sister did something, I had to take the blame yeah. because I didn't set the example for them and I didn't prevent them. So oh yeah. boy. <laughs> which is why you are the class rep in
3: our MBA class. <laughs> Leslie Ann? <clears throat> Hi everyone and thank you for having me. Um so my name is Leslie Ann Smith. I'm from a small little town in northern KwaZulu-Natal, um called Eshowe. <laughs> Pronounce correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure yeah, yeah. Sure <laughs> <we're>, no, <sorry. laughs> And um, so yeah, we um, were f- we four girls, family of girls. My mom, know yeah, only had four four girls, and with my dad, um, and he died unfortunately. I was very young; I was five years old, and so life up until then wasn't really aware of much. But what I do know, talking about reading, I always had my nose buried in a book. Always, and you um, always the top performer at school. Yes, I I
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: definitely. So that was mostly my activities, and in yeah education, I was fortunate enough then to you know be able to get a bursary, be able to go and study further, get a degree, you know, and just try and do well and work hard, you know, for myself. Um, family life was a bit different um, here. Kind of, we grew up apart from each other, especially after my father died because it was a struggle single mom like my mother no education it was really tough so yeah it wasn't that easy um and but yeah here we are made it through yeah Yeah. still still pushing you strive
4: yeah
5: (laughs) 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 um okay so it's awesome being among so many accomplished women (laughs) i feel very privileged to be in such cool company um so i'm brit um, Britt Walker I grew up in Jo'burg. Um, I come from a very big family. Um, a bit of a modern family. <laughs> I think altogether we're now 10. My oh, parents wow. each have kind of separate family uh, situations, um, but we originally I grew up in Jo'burg and then I um, uh, I went to Swaziland, or Eswatini now, uh, mm. for school. I went to Waterford-Kamplaba for four years. And then after that, I was um, in the States for four years, where I studied. Uh, at the, in Chicago. In Chicago. Oh. <laughs> in Shattown, <laughs> um, which was an amazing experience and really formative. Changed me a lot, the way I think and see the world. Um, and then in about 2016, I came back and decided I wanted to go into business with my family. And we uh, basically... Um, We focus mostly on greenfield markets, building kind of uh, products that promote financial inclusion at the bottom of the income pyramid. So that's uh, what I've been doing for the past six years, um, basically building a business and learning all the tough lessons (laughs) that come with that. Um, I'm also an avid reader, so clearly in good company. (laughs) That's usually why I ask Mm, that is, (laughs) when
0: you look at wise people, that was, it's the one thread. Mm. They are avid readers from childhood. Um, so this is perfect to ask this next 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 question. question, And I'll stop that side (laughs) to give you a break. What do you think your unique value proposition is? If you are not here today, like after this, you will finish this recording.
5: Uh uh, What will we miss about you? Um, I think probably I've got quite a diverse perspective. Um, I've had a very international background. So even though I've been, even the majority of my life has been in Southern Africa, I've been in like international schools. Uh, when I was in South Africa, I was in both government schools and private schools and there's a very different environments. Um, and then obviously I lived in the States for four years at an international university. And all of those processes, all, all of those experiences were about problem solving mm-hmm. and really problem solving in a very diverse environment where you have to give people the chance to speak, you have to be able to listen, you have to learn, you have to develop empathy. Mm. So I think that I'm I'm pretty good at trying to find a middle ground and trying to find a balance in perspectives, especially with tough conversations. Mm. Like I know some of the things we're going to talk about today are some difficult topics for a lot of people, and I'm so I'm used to talking about that kind of stuff. It's something that challenges challenges one. And so I've got a diversity of perspective, if I was to put it in two words.
3: <laughs> mm. You, <Liz>, Leslie? <clears throat> well, from me, from my side, I find that I'm evolving more into becoming a very compassionate and kind person. It's my mantra at the moment, and it, I'm bringing it into my work environment, to my family, people I meet, anybody. I just find that I love it, I thrive on it. I just, I don't care what level you are in, in your field, whatever, but if someone needs help and reaches out to me, I'm happy to help them, and certainly just in my team, for example, at work, I find that the harsh approach, I'm moving away from that, becoming more compassionate, trying to figure out what is really going on with you, if you're doing something wrong, and so on. so. I really find, and, I, and I, just, I just love it. I just absolutely love help, helping people, you know, and, and bringing the compassion and the kindness into yeah. it. yeah. Expanding mm-hmm. your
0: scientific
2: yeah. core.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, the reader. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when I was thinking about this, I was like, uh, I, I reflected on what people were saying at uh, a celebration of my birthday recently, and I haven't changed. Uh, people that know me for 40 years, and people that know me for four years, all say the same thing about me. Um, they like my smile, my laughter, <laughs> uh, spontaneity, um, and I think that I, I'm the same person in any environment. Um, and you know, Dr. Zeus says, "Be yourself," because everyone else is taken. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I also um, I think that I I'm someone that people come to for help. And I like helping. I prefer giving rather than receiving. And I will help where I can um, on anything, you know, Um, and um, be big or small. Um, So yeah, and and like you, you know, it's like how I want to live my life. Um, I realized that I don't want toxicity in my life. um, And so I've been able to because before I used to just accept everything that happened, <laughs> um, and now I've become a little bit more discerning mm-hmm. as to who I want around me, who I want to be associated with, um, and you know what I want to do. And I've actually like deleted. For example, phone numbers off my phone Because they're just individuals that I do not want in my life
0: Clean up operation Yeah The one thing I admired about us Is uh, remember we had that conversation (laughs) Of something that happened years ago Exactly Which was a misunderstanding Yeah But also I just kind of said Okay, I've been holding this for the (laughs) long
4: time (laughs) It's time. time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because I'm like, I'm going to get cancer for this. (laughs) It's like somewhere in my system. (laughs) It needs to go out. And I like that because um, that's also an indication of somebody's character, how they take that kind of It could have gone
4: very badly.
1: So that was positive. (laughs) (laughs) Me, I found a word um, in the dictionary um, called exhorting. Oh. Um, Exhorting, Yes. yes. Um, and I think I'm that person for a lot of people, whether it's in corporate or in my family. So if you're starting a business and you're looking for a person who's going to encourage you, who's going to have your back, who's going to support you, who's going to buy your first product, yeah. you know, I'm that person. If you're going for an interview, if you need someone who's going to do a prep interview and interview you before you go, and in the morning, pray over you and, you know, motivate you <laughs> yeah. and tell you that you are amazing, I'm your girl. Yeah. So, I mean, I've seen that I've, I do that for members of my family, for strangers, even when I meet them. It's very easy for me to go up to a woman and say, oh, my gosh, I think you've got the most amazing legs I've ever seen. Yes. You know, um, so. which is interesting because
0: the one thing I mean, part of what made us connect is you kept on supporting my seminars. Yeah. You know, I mean, most people kind of say, I love what you do and you're amazing. But, and I was like, okay.
1: Yeah. If you love it that much.
0: Yeah. No, but I mean, I just, yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of like people think, oh, I'll come once in a while. They, they think, okay, we have so many choices, but I just kept on seeing you and it was like, wow, you know, it's nice. People don't understand how amazing it is to get support from fellow women, yeah. fellow Africans, yeah. Yeah. you know, people that are rooting for you to say, I have confidence in yeah. you. So you're right about that. You root for people. <laughs> and like... So it's also an indication that wise people don't laugh. <laughs> you're very honest. <laughs> um, the one that I'm very interested in knowing about now is... Um, What's your most common prism or filter that you use to make sense of the world and how you experience it? Is it your age? Is it your race? Is it your gender, class, physical appearance? Which? And give an example from your most uh, recent experience
1: to demonstrate this. I'll start with you this time. Let's say, Paul. Um, I mean, yeah, most times it's all of them you know, depending on the room that I'm entering. But the most prominent one is the is the gender one. Oh. You know. So if I go into any room, whether even in a lift, I the first thing that I check is am I the only woman in this lift? You know. Is it your safety worried about or what? But not necessarily safety. I mean sometimes it is safety. Yeah. Um but most times it's just, just about representation. Where are the other women? Oh. You know? So so that's a proper thing for me. Even you know, just in a in a meeting for nothing. I'm just like, so where are the women? Where mm. are the young women? Mm. Um, so that's a big one. But yeah, there are other rooms where I come in and there's just young people. And I'm like, where are the
4: <laughs> people
1: my age? <laughs> am I in the there right was, room? There was a the time when we were the young ones in the right <laughs> room. Yeah. 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 You, know, yeah. you tell people you're in your 40s and they're like, oh, you're so old. <laughs> no. And
2: then you think, oh,
1: I thought I was yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't look it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, are you so, thanks. Yes. so I think it goes back to uh, the way I was brought up. Uh, there was no room for ego. You had to be humble. Um, you had to treat people as people. And I think that's the filter. Um, so I don't care about your title. I don't care how rich you are or how poor you are. A person is a person. Um, and so that's the filter that I use. Um, and, um, I, you know, I went uh, back to an organization that I worked in, but it was, like, over a decade since I'd been there. Um, and the, even the individuals, like, at the security recognized me, saying, oh, wow. hi, Sarita. At reception, it was like, hi, Sarita. Yeah. And then everybody knew I was in... The word spread, Sarita's in the in the building, and suddenly everybody was down. Yeah. And it was just because you couldn't... I, I think I find a connection with people. Mm. Um and it was a nice feeling to yeah. go back um, and, and have that kind So that's the filter that I use, is that I t- try to treat a person as a person, irrespective of anything else.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. Lethian, you? Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, from me, my side, it's gender, definitely. Um, I think because growing up in a family of women, predominantly mm-hmm. mostly being surrounded by women, having female friends, there were not many men around you know, around me, let me put it that way. So it took time for me to get comfortable, but I I said, let me work harder to become comfortable because I'm gonna encounter them in work and all the other environments, you know, as I go along through life. And just to give you an example, um, at the complex where I was living, um, just before I moved, now recently, um, it's a Sunday, I came out of my my flat and went to drive to the bank and five guys were washing cars and and they parked right in front of my garage and i just walked and i said you know i want to go out and then they moved the car I didn't apologize didn't say anything they're just fine lo and behold when i come back they parked right back again wow. yeah yeah and um so i just said no it's fine and i went and parked in another parking oh i left him so i waited for about a week couple of weeks and i saw the guy who was my neighbor because he these were his friends and i called him and i said may i speak to you please i said i was not happy with what you know, happened on the Sunday, more especially because I left and then you came back and parked right again in front of -hmm. my complex, and he says, no, it's common ground, I said to him, what you don't understand, I'm a single woman, Mm -hmm. there's no way I can have a nerve to go and confront and talk to a group of men, Mm -hmm. with what's going on in the country today, I wouldn't even have done it, hence I didn't address it with you at that time, Mm -hmm. because he says to me, I didn't think it was an issue, I said, yes, it was an issue, (laughs) but I wouldn't have addressed you guys Mm -hmm. then, because you're a group of males, five of you, I'm alone, try and understand from my perspective yeah. you know, so that's, that just shows it's a norm for them,
0: so yeah. they don't understand yeah. the yeah. apprehension yeah. that happens they in a woman, yeah. even
3: if they're not violent, it's and just, just yeah. Yeah. and that's exactly what he said to me, oh no one will attack you I said, you're still not getting what I'm saying yeah. Yeah. you're not understanding yeah. from my yeah. perspective yeah. you know, but well, anyway that was it, so so that was sure. just so my well, example yeah.
5: Yeah. too common an experience mm. Mm. Um, I think kind of it's, this is a very difficult one to pick one because I think in the situation you're in really determines mm. what you notice first and, and how you you view the world and what filter there is. So whether it is um, age is a big one for me. Um, I'm about to turn 30. <laughs> 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 <But Jonathan> has... <laughs> <laughs> That's I think mean. duty picks me. <laughs> I like this presentation. <laughs> So often I will be in environments like this, and, <laughs> and it's like the first thing I think because also one of the things, because usually I find myself, especially um, I especially working in business, that you'll work walk into a meeting and everyone will be a lot older than you, and yeah. you've got to kind of fight. There's ageism you also got to fight with. Yeah. Um, so there's there's age, but it really doesn't. It it really is all of them. It's so many different situations. Race can be a big one, especially in South Africa. You can't drive down the street without seeing the huge inequalities we live Mm in. Um, I've got a pretty diverse friend group and we're also not shy about talking about these kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking at what's going on in South Africa and, and in the broader world through r- racial lenses or lenses of gender inequality or um, a, you know LGBTQ mm-hmm. issues. So I think that there's so many ways in which we are talking about things at the moment that all of them are important. And as long as you can um, approach them with an open heart and an open mind, that we can actually have these kinds of conversations and... Yes, I think all of them. It's yeah. really hard yeah. to pick one. Yeah. It's so hard to pick yeah. one, yeah.
0: Yeah, but also I think your upbringing is such that, I mean, knowing your father, who's my best friend, Johnny Walker, <laughs> Walker, my BFF, <laughs> <laughs> which everybody, so like, wild. why we are we you two t- not a couple? I'm like, he's yeah. my brother.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he he's like my brother. It's <laughs> like
0: my mother's son that <laughs> she never had. Yeah. Um, but it is that kind of environment where you walk in and it's you even have a sibling of, of a different race. Several. And you, yeah, so uh, your prism is totally interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will be fascinated to see the world through your eyes. Um, so my favorite question to ask is always around courage. Because it's a muscle we don't always use in life, isn't it? Mm. What's the most courageous decision you've taken as a human being thus far, and what drove you to that decision? Starting on my ride. <laughs> 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 I'm That person. Yes. You know, I'm that no,
1: person.
0: I will say like, when really you are driving. Yes. You know, yes. And then nice. I'll say whatever. I'm like, but look
1: at where my hand is. <laughs> <laughs> um gosh i think i mean i think there's just so many little decisions that you make that are courageous um and, uh, yeah i've spoken on, on a lot of big stages where i've never thought i would speak you know i've reached out to people where i'm just like i think that my email is not gonna land in their inbox and then it does and then they they, they respond so there's a lot of small little courageous moves where people you know don't think that's gonna happen that that I've made happen, um but possibly leaving my marriage was um, was one of the courageous ones, mainly because of my Christian background, you know that God hates divorce, mm-hmm. so you um and and because we didn't quite have an abusive fighting what what relationship, it was just that decision that said it's not working and having the courage mm-hmm. to not stay because we are taught to kotlallah
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know, to make it work, to and, and I mean we had a great life. Mm-hmm. You know, so even just walking away from the great life was was very courageous.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And starting afresh, anyone no mm-hmm. oh my god. Don't get me started <laughs> on starting afresh. It's a proper thing. Yeah.
4: Yeah. 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 It's
1: it is a proper yeah. thing. People make it sound romantic. Yeah. Yeah. And you started a new career.
2: Uh, Okay, moving on. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, I fully agree. It's a lot of small, courageous decisions. I think as a non-executive director around the boardroom table, uh, sometimes being the only female, sometimes being the only person of colour, sometimes being, you know, the youngest, um, to raise issues that wouldn't ordinarily be raised, um, to deal with the elephant in the room, um, and to, to ask the question and then... You know, some people, again, it's that filter through which they look at you and they think, you know, we really don't want you for that. We really would like you to keep quiet. And I wouldn't be, because I'm corporate governance, I wouldn't be discharging what I, like, authentically have to do if I had to listen to that. So there's been a lot of sort of criticism, et cetera, um, and I've had to filter through what is meaningful, what is not? What serves me well? What doesn't serve me well? Where is this person coming from? Are they coming from being, just being difficult or not? And then similar to you, after 26 years of marriage, yep. um, I got divorced last year. Mm. It was the best decision of my life. <laughs> um, I feel so liberated. Um, I feel so in charge of my own life. I have, like Duda was saying to me, um, I love my son too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a 12-year-old son that I completely adore. Um, and, you know, I just feel like I've, I, I've got this new purpose, this new, uh, sense of, you know, uh, joy and contentment. Um, and, and it's a wonderful feeling because it was a ve- uh, unlike you, it was a very toxic relationship. Um, and it took a lot of marriage counseling and psychologists and this and that, but he doesn't want to change. And I had to make the decision for my own sanity and the welfare of my child. Um, and it's been coming for a while. It's been coming yeah. for 20 years. Wow. And then it happened. And as I said, I love my life now. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. That's staying power.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. 20 years. Yeah, I'm an in, internal optimist. You know, yeah. I keep thinking that, you know, things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can help. Yes, I can do this. Yes, I can do that. But you know what, if somebody somebody is not willing and we were talking about coaching before and you do know about coaches as well, if someone's not willing to change, I had to make the decision for my own sanity and do and you know, one of the other things I find with women in general is we never put ourselves first. Um, and I still don't put myself first. <laughs> but you know, and someone said to me just yes, this morning, you know, when are you gonna put yourself first? It's like at some point I will I learn. For you, Lizanne?
3: Um, oh, yeah, there's been quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, firstly, I think um, I'm the type of person, if it's not working here in this particular environment, it's mostly been around work, though. Um, I, I will just resign my job and then see what happens. And something happens, somehow something works, the universe bias. And then, Lizanne, we need you to come to because there's a position, mm. pack up my car and off I go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, which is what I've done a year ago, yeah. moving yeah, back yeah, here yeah, at this yeah. age, like, packing up, my house in Ka and we, so I'm very my 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 friend Wendy said, You're a brave girl, and yeah I am. I actually realize that I am I will go and mm. do and mm. live and you know and just and in in that i've uh actually also started my own business it didn't work, but that that courage to do it because it's something I've always mm. wanted to do, and we did it and um ran it for about two years, and then okay, it didn't work. Thank you very much. We'll try again next time. Yeah. And, so, and So, yeah, I, I take on challenges, and I'm not afraid mm, to, to, yeah. to try things and new things and, and just
5: grow that way. Yeah.
4: yeah,
5: It's such a muscle.
4: Yeah, it really is. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got
5: to exercise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's little things you do every day to be courageous. So I completely agree with that. Um, and I think you guys have touched on so many of yeah. them. That, <laughs> that, um, I think the most courageous like single event I can think about was deciding to come back to South Africa after college and actually go into business with my parents you know family businesses are very tricky (laughs) and my parents are busy separating at that point so they also they also split so I understand a lot of what you're saying the dynamics of divorce um and yes yeah, so it was a, it was a very unpredictable situation and i had opportunities to stay in the states and work or to go to china and work and it was they were like more, more generic things mm-hmm. of go and be successful yes. go get your career yeah. go make a lot of money yeah. go do, go do that path or it was go start a business which is a very risky proposition <laughs> and you know in a very awkward environment and see what happens mm. and every day in some way shape or form there's a new challenge or a new struggle and it's about getting up and eating the elephant one bite at yeah. a time and just just focusing and pushing through and each time you do it you get a little bit more more yeah. used to it it's like exposure you just get yeah. more comfortable
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: Let me stay there yep. um,
4: <laughs> <laughs> whilst, and just ask you this
0: one. Uh, do you believe in the
5: phenomenon of white privilege? And how do you interact with that concept in your life? Um, 100% believe in the phenomenon of white privilege in two perspectives. Um, from my lived experience, I'm a beneficiary of white privilege, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Um, My family is a product of generations of education and uh, exposure to resources. And, um, you know, I see in comparison to some of my other friends who I met at college or friends I've known my whole life, that they're like first generation educated. And there's a huge difference in what that does in terms of kind of like the historic. You don't realize what gets past down Down. each time. Privilege Mm -hmm. compounds each time. Gosh, do frame that! (laughs) (laughs) It it, it does, and it it totally does, Mm -hmm. and I've gotten away with things that I wouldn't have gotten away with if I was a person of color, or if I had been um, somebody who was poor, or if I had been in a situation where I wasn't as privileged. So I think my personal experience is yes. Mm. Um, I think the data supports it. If you look at any metrics, Mm. um, white people on average are better educated, have better health indicators. I mean, the the data supports it. On average, Mm. white people are better off in Mm. South Africa or globally. Mm. Um, Not to say that there aren't poor white people and not to say that there aren't rich black people, Mm. but that doesn't mean that on average, these are societal trends that we Mm. talk about. Mm. Dealing with it, Um, in terms of how i conduct myself has been a huge kind of thing i've 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 thought about very long and very hard especially coming back to south Mm -hmm. africa where it's front of mind when i was in the states it's different you're in a country where you're no longer in the minority you're now in the majority Mm and the reason i one of the things i think that the states can get away with racism in the way that it does is because black people are in the minority Mm -hmm. and it's not even though they have a very loud and powerful voice it's not something it's very easy to walk into a room and not see a single person of colour whereas in South Africa that's more difficult, mm. so I think it was. about It's a conscious decision that you've got to make. I think that every white person or person of privilege, no matter whether you're a cisgender man or whatever it is, you've got to make a decision that to accept. Yes, I am privileged, firstly, mm-hmm. and that what am I going to do with this privilege? What am I? Mm-hmm. Am, am I going to walk into situations? How am I going to approach them? And um, if I have the power to make a difference and to change, mm-hmm. am I going to take that step and maybe sacrifice a little bit for the long-term future of my children, of my society? Mm-hmm. If I come here and I sign. social contract that i'm going to be a south african that comes with certain caveats Mm -hmm. and so that's the way that i deal with it is trying to yeah
4: i wish more people thought that
0: (laughs) we will be further on you know Um, know, because people are just resisting that idea sure Mm. definitely in terms of you leslie and in terms of being of mixed blood (laughs) blood (laughs) (laughs) uh, do you think you are black enough or you're not black enough or you're not white enough and as a result do you think you're unfairly treated Mm -hmm. in south africa Mm
3: -hmm. um i've actually experienced it literally um you know firsthand i Come from a background of public health um, until I came back to work with private pharma right now. So at a district level, for example, um, you know there are the policies about, around race groups and the p- proportion of different groups that must be employed in certain, you know, managerial positions. But on the same, on the other hand, you, you I was literally acting in the post for two years. It, that's exactly what happened, and um, and they opened up the the post for um for for us to apply and I was not given the job. Literally brought in someone else from another district because she fit in with, you know, the black requirement. So to me that really felt discrimination discriminatory to me because I had already approved, I'd done the work and I consider myself black. I don't consider myself as colored. If people ask me I speak Zulu fluently, you know, Mm -hmm. and I speak Afrikaans uh, (laughs) as well, you know, but I I consider myself as black, you know, so people will often say, oh, if they hear me speaking Zulu, aren't you colored? I say, well, I was classified as such, but for me, Mm -hmm. I see myself as black African in South Africa. You you and my mommy are the same.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't quite use the color term. But I mean, isn't that unfortunate? Because even within affirmative action, mm. you're still supposed yeah. to have targets to mm. say it doesn't mean that if something is uh, affirmative action, everything has to be African black. Mm. You still need to cater for those other categories. That's,
4: that's
3: yeah. And
0: I think yeah. it's the misapplication of yes. our legislation mm. that is our des- destruction. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. That is so unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Asking you, Sarita, <laughs> uh, do you embrace the category of
2: black as an Indian woman and why? Yeah, so to build on what's been said previously, I think, one, like you said, you know, you get rich Indians, you get poor Indians. I was brought up in a middle-class family. My parents worked really hard. We were not wealthy. Um, my father believed that every generation must do better than the next and education was your path. To achieving that Um, and technically I think like we were talking about legislation Indian is supposed to be black but you're not black enough Mm -hmm. Um, and so I believe I'm South African that's what what I believe Um, and so Indian is my heritage but you know it's not what defines me Um, I'm always fascinated
0: that Indians have not I mean, Europeans in South Africa have not embraced. They don't get called European Africans yeah. <laughs> or European. But Indians have, you know, like, mm, yeah, no, we're gonna stay Indian. <laughs> no,
2: but you know, you go to in if you go to India, like I walked into India, and they can just see that you are not from India. Yeah, right. Because I know. You know, my Indian and, friends and, who come and here I, think okay. Yeah. And, and and I had an experience of a, a tour guide, and I would ask him a question. And he'd respond to my now ex-husband mm. and i'd ask him a question and he'd respond mm. would never respect me as a woman sure. and i w- and i actually said to him i said hello i'm i'm asking you a question mm. all right so that's why i say i'm not that's my heritage that's where my ancestors have come from yeah. right we came from a very political family we come from a very mixed family um and so it's never defined as that you are indian i am not even religious I'm more spiritual than I am religious. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I define myself as South African, and I wish people would look at me in that yeah. way instead of saying, no, we only you need know, categorization in terms of this, and you're know, yeah. not white enough, you're not black enough. So, um, mm.
0: yeah, sort of identify with that. But you know the case in energy, it's always uh, yeah. around the behavior. Yes. Because exactly. even Indians in Gauteng versus Indians in Western Cape, Totally different. Totally different.
2: <laughs> so I mean you remember tell me, I tell me. Mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and it's in totally case different. it in, I mean the, the the fact is that it's been perpetuated in a way by by a small group, you know, um, and others have moved on. And then small group and, and but then everybody is painted with the same yeah. brush. Sure. And the KZN riots with the uh, you know the July riots were, were indicative of that. Mm. Um, they nearly
0: took us back to nineteen forty nine. Exactly. Yeah.
4: yeah.
2: And you know, it was scary. I I I didn't go down at that time. My, I kept checking my parents, I never understood the extent of it. I went down so that what happened in July. I went down in October, the weather was terrible, I didn't drive around. November my mum and I took my son to the beach, although there was a e. coli level so we couldn't and then I I took another path because the roads were damaged. And I saw the extent of that damage. The you know, the 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 fires that had burnt out buildings. Good and I, 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 then only did I understand the fear that everybody was feeling. And remember we even had one of our MBA colleagues that was telling us what was happening in the in the Klouf area. Yeah. Right? I sent
0: you a A, you, a, you a sent, video of yeah. people are passing crossing through our suburb. Yeah. yeah, even That's about a, food. Yeah. I mean, sending food. I mean, yeah. you and I were having a you, discussion. You, you were go- offering to
4: send me food. <laughs> Thank yeah, you very much. I was. Much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my gluten free and my dairy free stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, just, uh, we almost like winding down, but I am very curious to know as an African female, especially mm. a black African female,
4: yes.
0: do you believe in the concept of a concrete ceiling and why?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I yeah, I, I mean, it, it used to be called the what? The glass ceiling. The ceiling. No, no, for white people, it's the glass ceiling. Uh, yeah. For Africans, it's the, it's concrete. the concrete. Yeah. We don't <laughs> even see you the concrete. Yeah, that's, like. what, that's exactly what I wanted to say, that it used to be called the glass ceiling. And, and I'm like, no, it, it actually wasn't the glass ceiling, not for us. It's proper concrete. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't even want to, to, to go to the numbers, yeah. you know, because there's lots and lots of studies that are done every year where we just go and show that, you know, on your C-suite, on your (coughs) boards, senior management, you know, black skirts don't exist (laughs) there. Yeah. Uh, And it doesn't mean, I mean, we did a project um, a couple of years ago where we were trying to show that the women exist, you know, to have a database of the women because the the excuse that you get is, where where do we find them?
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and... We um, are not visible. We are not... (laughs) Melanin yes. is not popping just enough like clearly. Blend we're blending the into the background. <laughs> yeah. You okay. know? But also that when you then get doo doo to then sit on one particular board, you then, you know, place doo doo in sixteen boards. Board, yeah. And then you count doodoo sixteen times yeah. Yeah. while it's, it's just it's one, one person. Yeah. Yeah. So so it exists. Yeah. We literally have to so the unfortunate thing though, ladies, is that even though we're all women and all shades of black that I literally have to work. Black and white. <laughs> and white. I mean, you... You, <laughs> you, you just are like, that into the background. You're like a spectrum of everything. <laughs> yeah. You, with your family background, you know, yeah. you could choose to be whoever you are. Um, but honestly, though, is that I, I have to work harder. You know, and, and I don't know their lived experience, but as a black woman... Yeah. I have to work harder than all of you.
5: Uh,
1: I have to show up double. I have to do triple the stuff that you do. I have to have the qualifications, the skill, the experience, the everything. And still drive 30 kilometers out of town, you know, to go home and be a a wife and mom. Mm -hmm. So so yeah. But also you're not just proving yourself uh, to other races.
0: It's your own people that also don't have confidence now in I'm you. Now I'm
1: representing the whole uh, black community, yes. you know, and I'm, I'm not allowed to make mistakes because now if, yeah. I, if I'm the CEO or whatever, yeah, and You're I make a mistake, risk. then suddenly I've disappointed oh, everybody. everybody. And then everybody then says, you can't trust these black women. Yeah. You put them in a position and then they, they fail yeah. you, which, which therefore means you. And you. then the black African women also don't
0: put you in that position because you are high risk to them. Yeah, yeah can win. Yeah, But we will soldier on.
1: We soldier on.
0: We have to wind down. You know we can chat. (laughs) We still have some champagne to drink (laughs) and enjoy. So as my final question, and we're going to use this as a wrap-up, as a female, are there any parts of your personality or character that you suppress so that you are more acceptable to the people around you, whether in relationships or in work, what are those areas and, and why? And then also just as a closing, just some wisdom that you'll leave us with.
5: Okay. Um, so okay. this question I, I find it a little challenging or problematic because I think that as people, men and women, there are certain traits that we classify as these are feminine and these are masculine traits. And these are acceptable in some situations and these are not acceptable. Um, so I find that... The, the trait that's feminine that often I feel needs to be suppressed in a situation where you want to be taken seriously is emotionality. It's very hard to be emotional or upset or to feel to feel what you should be feeling in a moment and to not be judged for it. There's almost like a um, a, a film or a ceiling we have to put between us and our feelings and how you react in a situation, and this level of control. And I feel that it it also, maybe it's a generational thing as well. I think older generations um, are very, very uptight when it comes to dealing with their emotions, Um, like my grandparents and and even my my parents, versus younger generations that kind of let it all hang out. But I think that this is something that's classified as a female thing, where it's actually everyone. Everyone feels emotions and feels things, but there isn't a place for that in, especially in a professional work environment. Obviously, you need to be practical about it, but I think that sometimes that gets suppressed, is being a genuine person and actually feeling what you're supposed to be feeling, and it's okay to be upset about something and it's okay to be really happy about something, Mm. you don't always have to be a robot, we're not robots, and I hate that this is something that's called female, when it really shouldn't be, it should be something that's called human, and genuine, Um, so yeah, that's that's my feeling there, and I don't know about wisdom, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I just think, I think to be present in the moment, Uh, I think that we are spending so much time thinking about the future, and it's, What's going to happen? Mm -hmm. We're in such a turbulent time in history and as a society in general and we spend so much time focused on the future or so much time focused on all these mistakes that I made Mm -hmm. Um, or in a virtual reality like Instagram or wherever that we're not actually being present and actually experiencing life and life is about the struggle and it's about the now and the actual like what's happening to you. And if you don't have that, then you're not actually living. You're Mm -hmm. just kind of waiting or Mm -hmm. reliving. It's Mm -hmm. not. So that's my wisdom, I suppose.
3: See, twenty nine is so very wise. I love it, I absolutely too. So, um, so as I've you know um, been evolving and becoming more self-aware, certain things that you did or actions you took uh, as a younger person, you were not. I wasn't even aware that this is what I was doing. So I found now that um, I would suppress my opinions with my friends, my family, uh, boyfriends, yeah. whatever. And um, and because I realized with the harsh wake-up call, I'm actually a people pleaser mm. because I wanted to be liked and I wanted to be accepted. Mm. And so hence I withheld stuff, you know. So it's something that I have to work on. I'd love, i really want to be, but not like, yeah. oh, you know, rude or whatever. But mm. it's definitely something that I'm really trying to work on. And, it, and I'm seeing it. At times when I do venture out a little bit, I don't get rejected. So mm. actually it's okay, yeah. you know. So, so that's that part. And then um, from a wisdom point of view, I'm finding that gratitude, you know, being grateful for every little thing ties into a bit to what Brit is saying about just being aware of every little thing and I'm literally not picking small little things like, Okay, I got you on time today because I was a little bit late and you know, so thank you. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, the small little things and it actually compounds. Yeah. That you then just become so that's what I'm I'm Encouraging and saying, even with my family, you know, saying just be grateful for every little thing. Yeah. Opening the eyes in the morning, yeah. you know, whatever that it's we can allowed.
2: sit. Yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing wisdom, uh, and I can totally relate to it. Um, so, I think for me, uh, I agree with you. It's about you know being categorized as a woman, and there's certain emotions that are attached to a woman, um, and not being able to just be myself. And I mean. You've known me for a long time. Uh, I am who I am, um, and that's the realization that I had to, to come to. I am who I am. I have, uh, you know, I've got certain strengths. I've got certain areas I need to work on. I've done a lot, even through co- the coaching programs, I've, I've, I've learned who I am, what I stand for, what I do, and more importantly than what I do want, what I don't want in my life is more important. And that toxicity and the negativity and the immorality of people and the unethical behavior, and I've chosen to do away with those people. That's why I say I've deleted numbers. I keep in contact with who I want to keep in contact with. And I'm starting to be, I'm Sarita. That's it. And you can have an opinion about me, and that's really fine. That's your opinion of me. It's you seeing me through your filter Mm. but I I know who I am and I've done a lot of work on myself to understand who I am and I'm not perfect by any means I'm not a perfect mother I'm not a perfect person but I'm me
4: Mm.
2: you know um so that's that's really been uh and and you're talking about suppressing um someone in a board meeting said to me you know Sarita, you're always smiling I said yeah, as people remember, uh, and uh, but that's who I am. And they say, "Well, you have good questions to ask, but you smile when you ask them, and so the pe- other people around the table don't take you seriously." Yeah. Wow. And I thought, "Wow!" And then I, yeah. So now when I have to ask a question, I don't smile. Then I get <laughs> messages to say, "Why are you frowning?
4: Why are you <laughs> smiling?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: because. People know me as me. You know, this is Sarita, This is who she is. Uh, but can you see the just how you how you
0: if you're gonna be a serious business person, mm. you can can't I'd smile. smile. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is why I sometimes in a lecture hall. When I'm like, I will happen. Yeah, and they look at me. I'm like, yeah, you know, be childlike. It doesn't take away my
2: intelligence. No way.
0: Just to break the stereotypes or whatever.
2: I don't have to wear pants and and things like that. So I've really, I really enjoy being me Mm -hmm. at the moment, Um, and I've learned to take what I can take out of what somebody's view of me is, and decide whether I want to accept it or not because I understand who I am, and. About wisdom, I don't know if I'm wise.
0: Well, you but. should. You would not be sitting here.
2: Yeah. yeah. But I think self-awareness is very, very important. I think um, com- I'm a I'm a learner. I'm a perpetual learner, uh, like I was telling mm. you. You know, um, and and it's something that I want to my my 12 year old to know. Mom's studying. I've never stopped studying from the time I finished school. Yeah. I study something every year. You know, um, and I want my child to understand that because that's you know that's what I want to leave with him that you yeah. know prepared to learn. I'm always learning. Mm. Even when I lecture, I learn from the delegates. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. Mm. Um, you know, um so I, I think that's something that that you should be I remain eternally optimistic. Yeah. I remain um, empathetic. Um, and again, I am who I am. Yeah. Uh, and my I mother think.
0: was a uh, I think she stopped studying twenty sixteen. Wow. So, into yeah. her, she's now, uh, we shall not say her age. <laughs> she, she is watching.
4: <laughs>
0: but that was an inspiration to exactly. continue learning. And yeah. also,
2: just to be grateful, you know what you were saying, especially during COVID, mm. it was, you know, if you open your eyes in the morning and if my parents yeah. were okay and my son was okay, yeah. I was okay. Yeah, okay. And But there were so many other cases where people, uh, we had... Uh, our MBA friend that, that passed, passed away, on, gosh. Totally shocking. Still a bit it's of still traumatic. It's very traumatic. Um, I had a
0: friend who passed <sighs> away, Nikki Fulian. I'm still struggling. Mm. Yeah.
2: So that trauma stays in your cells. It's molecular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, yeah,
1: I think we come from a, a culture, you know, background that uh, teaches women to not have a voice, mm. you know, to keep your opinion. Mm. To yourself um but also even when you're the brightest spark in the room yeah you know um you, you you're not allowed to then say actually this is the solution yeah. you know you must allow the men to get lost for decades and then, you know, tell them actually, actually.
0: That is actually true. Somebody actually
1: told me that. Yeah.
0: Because she was in this marriage and I was like, so you're going to allow these decisions to go? To, yeah. She's like, yeah, to give him his, I was like, I'm uh, destroying your children's future yeah. so that he can feel like a allow man. Allow the yeah. man to make the I mean, mistake. I just, and it's not a, Against men, i had a father
1: but he was so wise that Mm. he knew where mom was strong yeah you know so so i think yeah you know that then also just creeps into who we then become you know so being able to know your voice get your voice use your voice in relationships at home in the workplace becomes an intentional thing that you need if you haven't seen it at home and most of us haven't really seen it at home. Um, so I think that's one of the bigger things, even in relationships. And that's why I think, you know, there's so much GBV. And that's why even when you're the victim in in, in, the, in the abuse, you keep quiet first for a long time before yeah. you can speak, you know. Um, so wise words, um, I read something this week. Uh, so it's not my words. Um, but somebody said something like, the rest of your life is waiting for you to show up, mm. um, and I think with um, COVID, mm. you know, the fact that we have the rest of our lives, um, the only thing we need to do is show up. Because a lot of people, if there is anybody who doesn't know anybody that died, uh, I don't know where they've been. Mm. Maybe they were in China, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we all know people that have died, um, so we need to then show up for our for our lives and make yeah. it make it count. And honour the fact that you fought through, mm. yeah. and you were born. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies.
0: Uh,
4: I you. am <laughs>
0: so happy that we finally got together, and I, I'm sure you enjoyed that conversation, didn't you? Thank you for listening to this episode of Wisdom Personified Conversations with Dudum Somi. Please also like, follow, and subscribe to our channel and share the wisdom with your friends. I would love it if you could rate and review as well. Wisdom Personified Conversations with Dudum Somi is also available on YouTube, Facebook Watch, Apple, and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Enjoy the wisdom journey.